1: A proper stick person. <laughs> I am often amazed by the plethora of talents many artists possess, whether it be in painting, jewelry creations, glass blowing, etc. But I must say I went from amazement to being mesmerized by the fine textile art of Roxanne Lessa. One day when I was at the Page Walker. Chris Carmichael, Carrie's operations and program supervisor of historical resources, was kind enough to share Lessa's exhibit, and I was blown away. Fabric, paint, and thread created textile paintings using the same art and design principles as other artists. To me, her work looked more like masterpiece paintings, not quilts hanging on a wall. (laughs) Okay, so I am already blowing the description. I'm just not being fair to it. So we will welcome Roxanne to take us through the process. Roxanne has appeared on Quilting Arts TV and written for numerous arts publications. Her work has been published in several books on art quilting. Most recently, Art Quilts international abstract and geometric. Welcome, Roxanne. Thank you. It's great to be here. Well, first off, please describe your textile art. The best way I can
0: describe it is it's like a painting, but it's made of fabric and thread and um, it's meant to be hung on the wall. but you could use it on a bed if it's big enough. But for the most part, most of my pieces are are meant to be viewed as art and hung on the wall. Um, Let's see. The difference I would say between my art and regular art would be because of the fabric and the thread, it's almost three-dimensional. So there's a lot of texture involved and some light and shadows. And I purposely design my work to bring a sense of wonder, a sense
1: of joy. Um, it's meant to be uplifting,
0: I guess is the way
1: I would describe it. Mm-hmm. That's, that's way better than I was doing. <laughs> I tried to, to, to describe it in the intro and, and failed. Um, but, you know, what I like about your art, and, and I just want to kind of, I- again, people out there, it's not, because I've seen this, I've seen where people quilt and then they actually hang the, qui- the quilt on a wall. And it's not a painting, it's a quilt. And it is just as worthy a masterpiece as a painting would be. But what we're talking about here is more of a painting rather than a quilt hanging on the wall. And there is so much uh, texture to it and depth to it. It's just It's something to behold. So tell us how long you've been Uh, textile artist and why did you choose this as your medium?
0: Okay, great question. Um, I've been doing this since about 1999. (laughs) Um, And at first it started out as a hobby. And um, I guess I chose textiles because I've always loved working with my hands. I've always loved fabric and color and the combination of Designing with fabric and color just seemed irresistible to me.
1: Well, tell us how you became an expert in. Oh, my goodness. Um, well, I started
0: out just like every other quilter taking a basic quilting class at a quilt store. So I learned, you know, the basic techniques of sewing quarter inch seams and putting them patches together to make an, a bed quilt, basically. Um, But then I knew right away that that isn't all I wanted to do. I knew that there had to be more to it than that for me. And um, so I started experimenting um, a little bit on my own. And then I also went to a lot of quilt shows and looked at what other art quilters were doing. And that was very inspiring to me. So I took a lot of technique classes Um, At these quilt shows, because in those days, there weren't any online classes, (laughs) Mm. because, you know, it was all brand new. I bought a lot of books. um, You know, some self taught, but some, you know, looking at other artists and seeing what they were doing.
1: I'm always amazed by people who are self-taught in anything. It's just like, mm. I can't learn a lot of these skills being taught. Mm. You know, there's always the, uh, the musicians who, you could, they can play a tune by ear and I'm like, what? Yeah. <laughs> Something. Yeah.
0: I'm kind of that way about color. Like I can have a color in my mind and I can go to the fabric store and find that exact color. You know, it's sort of like an idiot savant about color. <laughs> <laughs> well,
1: I'm yeah. glad you brought that up because I was actually going to talk to you about, I think some of the beauty of your pieces comes from your skills at dyeing your own fabrics for unique mm-hmm. blends mm-hmm.
0: that mm-hmm. you can't
1: find at the store.
0: Right. Um, and, you know, when I first started quilting, I didn't know how to dye fabric, but um I got a grant, and I went to um, Quilting Surface Design Symposium in Ohio, and I took a week-long class with Carol Soderlund, who is an expert dyeing teacher. She's fantastic. And so I spent all week learning how to dye fabric, and um, she's very scientific. And so I not only learned how to dye fabric by accident, you know, like, okay, let's just throw colors, dye you know, dyes on the fabric and see what happens. But if you want to learn how to dye dye a specific color, she taught me how to do that. So it's been really useful um, in terms of dyeing colors that I couldn't find or, you know, just wanting to have my own stash of hand dyed fabric. And it's really um, addicting and fun mm. also. <laughs> <It's> like Christmas, <laughs> when you open up the washing machine to see what you've done, you know, because you have to, mm. of course, wash the fabrics and get all the extra dye out. And when you do that and you see your fabric for the first time, it's like Christmas morning.
1: Mm. I'm, I'm <laughs> so happy you enjoy it so much. And and I got to say do. again, when I saw some of your pieces at Paige Walker, that's something mm-hmm. that, you know, that just shout out at me. is like just Mm. brilliant and different, not your everyday blue. (laughs) Yes, yes. So that's great. Now, Mm -hmm. you have shown your work nationally and internationally in many shows. Mm -hmm. Tell us Mm -hmm. about winning the Niche Award uh, for Decorative Fiber.
0: Um, Okay, so the Niche Award is an award that's put on by um, Niche Magazine, which is a fashion lifestyle you know that kind of thing magazine and they run a contest and so I just I just entered it to see what would happen and I got first place that year for one of my little pieces which was also a hand dyed piece that I did and um yeah it was kind of a non-event actually but you know it was nice it was a nice to do nice thing to to have Mm -hmm. but um you know, just something to put on the resume.
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, you should be proud of it. And and speaking yeah, of uh, another uh, accomplishment on your resume, mm-hmm. uh, you had, of course, private collections been purchased. Mm-hmm. But um, for you, also did something for the Duke School of Nursing in Durham. And I'm right. interested how that came about, and also. Uh, the design, how the design reflected a philosophy of nursing care.
0: Okay. Well, that's really an interesting question because I, when I made the piece, I didn't set out to sell it to the Duke school of nursing. Okay. Mm. Um, But it's interesting because my mother was a nurse Mm. and she was also an artist and so I feel like a little bit of giving back with that. But actually, the piece was created and then it was placed by a gallerist who worked with the Duke School of Nursing. And I'm one of several textile artists in their collection. They have several other artists who um, do, um, who have um, been had their work placed there. And so I'm grateful to, you know, the Duke school of nursing. And, um, I just think it's where it's placed. At least the last time I heard was in their, the nurse's break room. Mm -hmm. So where they go to, you know, rest and take Mm a, a breather. And, um, the piece is a very, um, the colors are very cool and calming sort of turquoises and, greens and blues. And so I, th- I like to think that it helps them kind of unwind a little bit mm-hmm. <laughs> in, their, in their hectic day. Mm-hmm.
1: And they certainly uh, need that. And that's really yes. interesting because in my mind, I was thinking you were commissioned. So you had a thought going into it, mm-hmm. but no, uh, no. Mm-hmm. that's great. It worked out, like you're saying, this yep. calming influence without uh, approaching it in that manner. So that's really right. cool. That's a nice story. Yeah, it
0: wasn't it wasn't a commission piece, but it was chosen because of because it had that vibe about it.
1: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So yeah. So where do you get your inspirations?
0: Oh my gosh, so many places. Um sometimes it's from the fabric itself, you know, like a piece that I've dyed or that somebody else has dyed, and then I want to create something with it or A lot of times it comes from photographs that I've taken or somebody else has taken of a location, a landscape. I do a lot of seascapes um, because I love the ocean. Uh, Let's see, um, flowers, plants, anything botanical is always inspiring to me. but I've also taken several trips to Hawaii because my sister lives in Kauai, and so that location, of course, has inspired a lot of work. Yeah. Um, trying to think what else. I think that's generally it. Colors. Um, I have a series of um, based on opals because I love opals, gemstones. Mm-hmm. And so I have taken a picture of opals and then I have like digitally altered it in some way. And so that kind of, you know, it's like just not just not a picture of an opal. It's a picture of the colors that I see. And then I've altered the, the picture so it has more movement and then it becomes more abstract. If that makes sense. hmm. So sometimes I'll start with an actual object or something that I like the colors in, and then I'll abstract it, and then I'll use those abstract um, images to create a textile piece.
1: So you also teach uh, fiber arts, uh, including at the prestigious Houston International Quilt Festival. Mm -hmm. So how difficult it is, how difficult to teach and learn, teach and learn?
0: Well, um, if you're really motivated and inspired, it's, it's and a lot of people are very passionate about it, it's very fun to learn it, like I was when I first started out. And the teaching part of it is a whole other skill set, as you would imagine. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, it grew naturally out of the love of the art form and the desire to, to turn other people onto it and to grow it. Um, And as a way to earn extra income as well. But yeah, it was a bit difficult. You know, my first classes were a bit on the rough side, I gotta (laughs) say. Um, I had um, some experience teaching live with real students at a local quilt store in Raleigh. And um, one of my initial students is a teacher. And so she helped me with some of the handouts and, you know, making it more understandable and easier to um grasp and that was sort of an eye opener. Learning different people's learning styles like visual and written and audiovisual. And you know, now I'm teaching online. So that's a whole nother, you know, getting into video mm-hmm. teaching has been really important. And um and very critical, I would say, because it's such a visual art form.
1: Mm-hmm. Oh, absolutely. You have to have the yeah. visual. Mm -hmm. That's why I'm struggling, like, because we're audio to make sure we, I keep saying, it's not just a quilt on a wall, people. (laughs) It's difficult, but uh, I think we're honing in here. But I want to go back to the online classes because it seems these days, the pandemic has influenced so many things, good, bad, and ugly. And I think you found some good to come out of it by starting Mm -hmm. these online quilting classes. I mean, how rewarding that must have been connecting and empowering students from all over the world. Tell us about that. Yes.
0: Yes. Um, And it wasn't my first foray into teaching online. I had done a little bit of it back in 2015, but I discovered I really didn't have a big enough audience to draw from. So it kind of sputtered out, if that makes sense, but I still had that experience. So it wasn't brand new, which was great. So when the pandemic came online uh, came um, I had some friends on Facebook and we were communicating via this Facebook group that I had started an art quilting Facebook group. And um, I said, okay, um, I'm just going to throw this out there and see if anybody's interested. I'm going to charge X amount and we all show up for X number of zoom meetings. And I'm, this is what I'm going to teach. Is anybody interested? And, you know, all these people just was like, yes, yes, I'm bored. Give me something to do. you know. And um, it was great. I got a great response. And um, one of my first students used to live in Raleigh and she lives in California now, but she was one of the first people to sign up. And then I had another student from Spain and we all still stay in touch. That's the miracle of it. Like I've never met some of these people, but They are now in Canada meeting together, which is really cool. As a group, I had Canadian students, Spanish students, and they all got together in Toronto recently and sent me pictures. Oh, wow. So kind of like I, I kind of got some of these, this little core nucleus group together and they Mm -hmm. still do their meetings privately on Facebook. And, um, but the group, my group of online students has grown, which has been great, but, um, yeah, that initial, like, six months to a year, I we did several courses together, this core group of students, and um, even got them, you know, from doing representational quilting, like pictures from pictures into more abstract things, which was actually, that's kind of difficult to teach. I
1: will be honest with mm-hmm. you. That's a little harder to teach. Mm-hmm, I bet. You I know, know I, I like this this. Pandemic. I love these stories that I hear. I mean, there's so much bad about the pandemic, but yes. I come mm-hmm. across, you know, so many that have this positivity to them. And, you know, when I'm listening to you, I'm hearing, you know, well, there was so much on the pandemic. We used to do shows on what can you do this weekend with the pandemic cuz everything was oh. shut down and you couldn't yeah. you know go anywhere but you know you can only take so many walks and we were doing <laughs> all these right. different shows about so this weekend this is where you could go and what you could do. So not only did you fill that void, but again, a big part of the pandemic was the isolation and by bringing yeah. all these people together, you also served a purpose there. So and I'm glad yeah. that classes are continuing, and I would be very pleased if you would give some information to where folks could go to either uh, participate Mm -hmm. in an online class or otherwise Mm -hmm. get in contact Mm -hmm. with you.
0: Okay, cool. Um, So let me just give you a few um, URLs. So my general website where you can view my portfolio of work and find out more about some, there's information on my classes on there too is w com That's spelled R O X A N E L E S S A And then my teaching website is w bit That's B I T dot L Y Forward slash capital R O-X-A-N-E, capital L-E-S-S-A. And that's my teaching platform where I have all my classes listed and you can enroll from there. And then just, if you just want to email me, it's just Roxanne at RoxanneLessa.com.
1: Oh, that's fantastic. I'm I'm sure you're going to be hearing from a lot of people. Um, Oh, that would be Wonderful. I thank you so much for being here today and also, you know, uh, your beautiful art.
0: Thank you. Um, Can I just give you one more? Sure. Uh, On Facebook, I have a Facebook group dedicated to art quilting and it's called Phoenix Art Quilting or Phoenix Art Quilts, like the bird, Phoenix.
1: Nice. Okay. Thank you so much. Enjoy your day.
0: You too. Thanks for interviewing me.
1: Well, we are out of time, so it's time to high-five and say goodbye. I'm Mary Innsbrucker for Triangle 411. Today's pocket, like Roxanne, spread your beauty in the world.